What have you been up to? Living life, been RNG manipulating Pokemon like crazy. Got a bunch of rare Pokemon now. Um, pretty hyped. Watched the uh, the Pokemon regional championships yesterday, day one. So that was pretty cool too. You're gonna get into Pokemon. I'm 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 open to it. I'm gonna I'm gonna try it. So you know, I'm trying to look at what you know is pop what Pokemon are popular in the meta, and I'll obviously try and start battling and seeing. How I need to it's, adapt. It's tough, yeah, man. there's a lot that goes into there, it. There is some. Uh, yes, there is. It's ridiculous. It's so crazy how there's like so many sub uh, categories inside Pokemon. There's the casual players that everyone you know that buys the game and just plays it. You know, loves Pokemon. Then you got the shiny hunters, which is like us. Then you got the sadistic fucks that like to play competitive Pokemon. And have so much patience in training their Pokemon, which they make it much easier than they used to in the past. And Jesus Christ, man. Like, because there is certain, you know what's crazy is there is certain Pokemon that are distributed or given away that, like, that, that can learn only certain moves. Uh, because of this distribution, you know, like there's, I forget which Pokemon this was. It was like a special Nine Tails Alolan that could learn Flamethrower through Pokemon Go, and it's like it normally can't learn that because it's an Alolan one because it's an Ice Pokemon. So shit like yeah. that, you know, you he's like, oh, you missed out on this Pokemon. Well, in a certain scene, if you build it right, you might be able to pull off this. You know, might not be competitively viable, but you know, it's just like shit. Like I mean, that. you could just use yeah, uh, like, oh. Fire Terra on the Low and Nine Tails to wipe out the sure. Fire weakness. Yeah, it, it, it's just just that in general, that extra added element of of all that and, and and you know what's crazy is they've been putting down the ban hammer on people that have been cheating pokemon because apparently there's a lot of cheating in competitive yeah. pokemon that's why you have to rng bro and, uh, rng isn't considered cheating yeah. and you can get great stat pokemon can i gamble on this that's my question probably you're like how can i get a piece of that <laughs> yeah with all this knowledge here i need i need to find some edges and start hammering some parlays on some fucking dude I, think, I feel like you are the king of edging you're like uh so close <laughs> you're just gonna bust the biggest nut one day you're just, and your heart's gonna go out you're like uh it's called the the life nut dude you come so hard that right. your soul escapes your dick as well <laughs> and i think there's like different uh what you call it uh age brackets i think there's like the junior divisions and then the adult divisions. the master division sure, is anybody right? that was born before like i think 2008 uh maybe 2001 <laughs> anybody over 18 i think i feel like the kids division or juniors division or whatever would be the place where you find the most value because usually one kid usually dominates or a couple you know a handful of kids because for whatever reason um and then that's where i would make my money you get to adult level you know, there's a lot of people that play this all day long, right? That's their whole life. So it's true. Um, <laughs> exactly. And they're constantly doing it. It's their, literally their jobs. You know, kids have to go to school. So, um, yeah, yeah, I agree on that. The kids, they're going to have a little bit more uh, flair to their, to their build. You know, they're not met. I mean, I'm sure there's some sort of meta, you know, but they're like making their own way of making their character or sorry, their, the Pokemon team. You know, yeah, maybe 
it's funny these last two weeks. So last week we did those um, weathering with you and and your name, but it was supposed to be Susan May, and we couldn't find it on streaming. And you know, Zach called an audible this week. I couldn't find Ninja Scroll, and he goes, "Figure it out." I, I watched it on my D, my Blu-ray. I'm like, okay, okay, guy, <laughs> okay. So, uh, but yeah, luck, luckily, I, I've been saying this for a while. Like, y'all need to be buying physical but, media, right? Well, which is one thing I think, and this would probably help. We need listeners. to start buying ahead of time, <laughs> right? The listeners and and for ourselves, like you got to be whatever movies you bring to the table, you need to make sure somehow we can find it, or you know, hey, you'll have to buy the DVD, right? Or, so, how did y'all find it? Uh, I Josh did find some kind of archive link, but um, I told him I was like, well, maybe I'll go. I mean, I'll go look for it. And so yesterday. I went to Best Buy, which I got there. I was like, "This was a joke." There's literally hardly there's no DVDs Blu-rays anymore. Or D- yeah, they there's had nothing. a small. Yeah, they had like the remaining of what they're trying to get rid of. Because when I'm in there, I remember that article that said they were moving away from DVDs and Blu-rays, holding them in stores. Yeah, I was like, fuck. I was like, That's so I went. Fuck, hopefully, man. like I went. And I saw there was still this section there, and I walked up. And it was like very small, and I'm like, maybe I get lucky. And now, of course, I didn't. I'm like, do you do? I want to go to Walmart. I said, no, nah, let me drive. No, Walmart would the not mall. have that. Yeah, I, I was like, let me yeah. go. I was like, I'll go back to Barnes and Noble. Said that's where I bought Akira, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't see a Ninja Scroll. But I was like, I'll go back. Maybe they got restocked, or maybe I missed it. But on the way there, I remember Josh saying, "Hey, maybe go to Half Price." So I said, "You know what? Yes, I'll do that." And sure enough, I get there, and it's packed. And I'm looking like at it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's all alphabetical and I'm I'm looking, I see Ninja Assassin. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, damn it, they don't have it. But then I guess I had missed the original sidewall and there's one section of anime. So as I'm walking back, I see I don't know, I don't remember what movie I saw, like the binding for it. I said, Oh, I think that's all the anime. And I started looking, boom, ninja scroll. I said, Fuck yeah, baby. Second second stop, we win, I won. So, you know, I got it. It was like twenty five bucks. So oh, geez. Well, well, I guess yeah, it makes sense because it's hard to get now. Because you can't yeah, when I looked on Amazon, a lot of them were like forty three, fifty one dollars for crazy. Ninja Scroll. Yeah, but I, I hadn't even opened mine. I was about to. I was like hopping on like Amazon to see if I could buy it, and I was like, actually, damn, can you check the DVD rack? And sure enough, it's there, and it was like open. It was like the fifteen bucks. The the tag was still on it. It was from like Best Buy, fifteen dollars. I was like, sick. Wow. How long ago did you buy that then? Well, the sticker on it had a date from when they put the price on there, and it was like 2015. So, oh wow, maybe like, maybe yeah. like eight years ago, six, between six and eight. Wow, years. that's crazy. The, the Zach guys comes through again. Damn! Now I should start going to to thrift stores and everything and buying anime. Not movies, only that, you should start buying movies in general movies. on Blu-ray and DVD because they're going to be the cheapest they are right now. It's like before VHS. Oh, yeah, dude. Like yeah. whenever Blu-rays were the, at the top, like VHS were selling for dirt cheap while Blu-rays were going for like $50 a piece. Now you, it's going to start inversing, right? Like if you go on eBay, you can buy a lot of like 60 fucking Blu-rays for less than 100 bucks. That sounds about really. Right. Yeah, I go over to uh, I go to like resell shops or thrift stops, and they're selling their 
their DVDs for like a dollar or even less if you buy more. And it's gonna it's gonna catch up. Like it's gonna be like fucking vinyl. Or when VHS became hard to find again because it's already like a problem. Like you can't find something on fucking stream that you want to watch because whatever fucking rights or is having U.S. issues where you can't stream it in the U.S. or whatever. Like, I'm not going to play that game. I'm going to get what I fucking want to watch. And I'm going to have at least a collection to go through. And that's kind of like how some of these, I don't know, distributors or, the you know, whoever owns the rights to these movies in this age of everything at your fingertips, this, this is how they, you know, make their money or whatever. Because that was the issue with Ninja Scroll. It said it was showing on Amazon. And when you click on it, it says not available in your region. So to what you said, like, for whatever reason, there's a some kind of rights issue with streaming it here in the United States, um, and that's when I started thinking, how do I clone my VPN on my Apple TV? Like, how do I do this so I can just get around this? But you would have that, to plug a laptop into your TV. Yeah, so I was like, you know what? I'll just go find this movie. <laughs> I mean, I was on a mission. If I if I hadn't had found it at, at half price, I would have gone to Barnes and Nobles. I would have went into the store at the mall. And then I was in my head, I was already preparing myself. I said, fuck it, bro. I guess I'll go into the city to those places that we normally go when you're in town and just start like jumping from every little place that I can think of or searching closer to the city to try to find this, right? But again, Half Price came through. So that was, uh, thank you, Half Price. I mean, Half Price is fucking clutch, dude. And most of the time they'll have those EDs. That's why it's such a huge loss whenever they start closing them up, bro. Bro, what was the one place we used to go to to get those metal, like, X-Men Family Dollar. or Marvel, like, toys from... Bro, that was the fucking shit. And that was... you. It was metal, bro. You could kill bro, somebody. Now we're getting it. old. Like, Back in my day, we used to get... Yeah, dude. It was amazing. I wish we still had that shit. You could probably find it I've on looked fucking it up. Yeah. eBay. Did no. you find any? They were probably, like, some fucking dude, You probably have to go to, like, a flea like... market. They probably were. It, and we probably just didn't fucking notice. <laughs> but I mean, bootlegs are kind of interesting and rare. Like because, like, if you find a, a a rare bootleg that was made in like Hong Kong or something of some like famous thing, it it has its own economy because people do remember it, and it's like this snapshot of a time when things were kind of like the Wild West with toys. So it is interesting too to go and find bootlegs. They, funny enough, they do have, like you said, a mini economy. They do have also a mini economy or whatever of very specific uh rom hacked old game cartridges and i'm t- i'm not talking about modern day ones like old ones that were weighed way back in the day and it's like obviously like you said it's like hong kong made and it's like a billion different games and it's like bro this oh, not a billion but just it had several games in there and you're like how did they make this back in right. the day? It is like, impressive. You can only hold a certain amount of memory on these cartridges, and they did this. I need to go to flea markets, man. That's what I really need to do. Well, I, I, don't I know would where fucking flea markets are anymore, dude. Yeah, I mean, I think what they're still that? the same one that's over by where we grew up. Look far down, you know. Oh really? Oh yeah, I yeah 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 yeah. It's still every this weekend's pretty much mm-hmm. right. I Just think so. Sundays maybe. That place oh, used to have a badass comic big. place. Yes, yeah. dude. We should go next time. Um, yes. I don't know, I'm, dude. I'm it's kind of like Mexico just... when you go there, dude. It is like Whoa. Mexico because everyone's speaking <laughs> Spanish, bro. It, 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 it's not yeah. only that they speak Spanish. It's like it feels like like remember when we were in Mexico? It's same vibes. Like 
like the second we when left you... like the little people like the tourist area and it gets a little right. like dodgy and people are trying to sell you marijuana it's a little dodgy uh, like do- that <clears throat> yeah i don't need zach to be paranoid that he's gonna get kidnapped at the flea market like he was super exactly paranoid. zach just needs to dress lower class and he'll be fine He's walking in with the fucking supreme sweater. Oh man, where's the what you call it? Where, man? where do you keep your diamonds? Where do you keep your diamonds? Yeah, welcome, welcome to Mamfla, where we talk about movies. And yeah, and this stuff. This yeah. week we're wrapping up Novanime mm. with a couple yeah. of movies that Josh curated: um, Akira and yeah. Ninja Scroll. Ninja yeah. Scroll. Yeah, that's right. So just talk yeah. to us about this pairing. Um, why and, and why do you like these two movies? Uh, the two, the the reason I chose these two movies is because like whenever you, at least with most people, like you're like, oh, what's the greatest anime movie? Or what's one of the movies that is a staple for what anime is now? You know, most people would be like, oh, Akira or what the, some studio ghibli movie or you know one of those movies that is just just a fine staple you know i pick a cure for that and the other one i chose was ninja scrolls because we watched that when we, we i had to be like eight nine or ten when we watched that movie and we watched it with adrian that movie stood out to me just because obviously that we, we got to see titties and <laughs> and this as a child we we're like oh my god titties you know Bro, I don't um, remember being able to watch it with it. I remember us renting it and Julia being like, it. you can't watch this because of this is happening in it. Yeah. I remember that. Dude, I remember Julia I, being like, "You, this is a this is an adult movie. You can't watch this. I remember Julia saying that too. I don't know how I, re- I remember watching. I don't, I don't remember how it ended. Maybe because of that. But I remember we got. Oh to, yeah, maybe we were watching it, and then it got to a part, and Julie made us turn it off or something. Probably because I remember seeing the guy in green. Because if I forgot about that, and I remember seeing a core, having some sort of core memory because the guy was shaped weird. Anyway, and there were because the, the, there was a blind samurai, and I do remember that fight. I was like, yeah. So it it was after a certain point, I guess. I don't remember. But overall, yeah, those were the reasons why I chose these two for no, 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 van- no anime, November no, no yeah. anime, no anime. Yeah, and I mean it's my first time watching both of these movies, so um, yeah, no, I mean I'm glad you chose them. I would say, I think another one that you were saying, like with Akira, like what is a staple of anime movies, or like the one that created or helped define the genre. Like I could see Akira definitely watching afterwards and it, it reminded me of Ghost in the Shell. So that's another one that like after watching these handful of movies, I could see like why those are like the ones that people know the most or give accolades to the most because they're very interesting. Akira. Um, and then, like I said, Ghost in the Shell reminded me of that a little bit when I was watching it. So um very interesting both interesting movies i mean i i i really like i said i've i've enjoyed these um last two weeks going into different parts of anime so um but zach had you you seen both of these movies right i'd seen ninja scroll this is the first time i ever watched akira okay 
What did you think of Akira? Oh, nice. Bro, it's a fucking masterpiece. Right? I yes. will say that's a masterpiece. Do you agree, Josh? Or are you gonna give not give out a fucking masterpiece? <laughs> fucking a ribbon, I mean, dude. For the animation, oh, for the animation, for the animation. yeah. Not even for the animation, yeah, dude. Right. Obviously, the animations, yes. But I'm whole rounded, like the fucking the ambient music, the oh, fucking bro. like the story, the, like yeah. oh my god, it's a masterpiece. It's the perfect fucking. It was the environment. Yeah. The environment it make you it that movie made you feel like you were in that Bro, world. It, I mean, the cyberpunk video game heavily, heavily inspired by that fucking movie. Like, oh, if, yeah. have you played that game? I I've I've only ever seen it. I've never it's, played it's, it. It's basically and the same. I'm glad you said that because I think that was one of the things when I was when it first started, like the the setup, the beginning in that bar, and they go they go you know go battle with the other bike gang. The insane clown posse or whatever the fuck their names were. Um, in my head, I was thinking of like William Gibson's novel, uh, Neuromancer. Um, it, 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 you know, he's basically the one of the godfathers of, of cyberpunk with that book. So that's like that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, this has got like a, it's got that feel, that cyberpunk feel. And of course, when I afterwards and I read like a, a an, an article, it was talking about the cyberpunk movie. I was like, oh, okay, so that was what was being put out there definitely was in that in that vein so um what time did or what year did uh blade runner come out how, uh, how blade, close were these in proximity about 10 years apart i think i think blade runner was 70 or maybe no wait 16 and and that is true like i, I could see it's like a blade runner-esque type yeah japan or neo tokyo right um mm-hmm. let me look that up real quick when did i want to say blade runner was like 76 no, bro. It was in the eighties. I thought. Was it? I don't know. Let's, oh, eighty-two. Let's... Sorry, yeah, okay. eighty-two. So maybe like so six years apart. Came out at right. Okay. <clears throat> you know, oh, yeah, I dude. I agree with you. Like, I it was it's 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 been a while. Probably like I would say everything everywhere all at once was the last time where you had I had this feeling where you're just there's just so much going on and you're just like engrossed in it the whole time. Like it, it just it just captures you. It sucks you in. And yeah, to your point, it's 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 got. A it lot doesn't of give you too much either. Like, there's a lot of lore that's left out, Josh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it it's the gaps it, it definitely that, immerses you. That's yeah, why. it's the gaps yeah. though that are interesting. It's like, how does it get to this? How did this get to this point? Type of stuff. Yeah, we had a glossary too. So that oh uh, yeah, our, 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 had our a glossary. So yeah, my uh, the the copy that I bought like after we watched Akira, there was. The special features is like there's a there's a glossary of terms oh, nice. you kind of like click through and we didn't go through all of them but i was like okay like this is interesting you could definitely learn more about the different w- terms or words used and then there was also a nice little uh gallery where it was going through different scenes in the in the movie uh and showing what was graffitied on the wall like written in japanese like it would show you what it, what was all on the wall like so, you oh, could that's... understand like what was in the background. So yeah, that's, that's helpful. Yeah. So should we kick it off with Akira? Yeah, dude. Let's talk about it. Uh, the movie opens up with a massive explosion in the year was it nineteen eighty seven at the start of World War Three? Yeah, with World War Three, I'm not sure on the year, and then immediately moves to post war World War Three Neo Tokyo overpopulated you know so we're 
we're put together we're, we're, we're the setting of this overpopulation that there's a lot of you know political uh stuff going on with the government you know a coup is gonna happen in this movie but the main premise is of these uh what are they i guess you can call them superhumans or what would you call these uh special uh children or whatever maybe like metahumans i don't know but i mean just mutants maybe i don't know i don't even know how you would make a log line of all that there's so much um how would y'all say i would say maybe like in an alternate future that is now in the past, a young boy grapples with the manifestation of new power and a tumultuous time. That that's what my quick synopsis would be for like a log line. At first, in the opening of of the movie, right, you have a setup. They're in that bar. <clears throat> they're talking to Canada or the way that they, the, the characters would say his name. Yeah, yeah, it just sounded like they were yeah. saying Canada all the time. So, um, you know, he's a, the leader of a bike gang and they go out and, and you first, they, that's when you first meet Tetso and he's like envious of his bike, of Canada's bike. And, you know, they treat him like a little kid and then they go battle this other bike gang. So at that moment, you're like, what's going on? And then they cut to, one of those meta humans being trying to be like scurried through the city as like students are doing a revolution and there's like a terrorist attacks going on. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? Like it just, it was jarring, right? You're like, wait, okay. You got these guys over here battling a, a bike gang. Is this even related to this over here? And then, yeah, they converge. And then that's, have you ever watched like, oh, clockwork okay. orange? Mm-hmm. Kind of reminded me of that, like the, the two gangs fighting the gangs. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I leaned over to Josh and I said, eventually, like, especially when they run into them again after um, Tetsu, like, left the, the facilities and try to take his bike, Canada's bike. I was like, you know what? This feels like Greece a little bit, like, or the Jets and the Sharks. It has that 1950s. Oh, know, yeah. They were they were totally tearing women's clothes off and beating the <laughs> shit out of them in fucking Greece, dude. Not, not that aspect of it, but the, the gangs, right? Like the turfs and, sure. and or warriors even, right? Like it's... It, yeah. You could see those probably had... I mean, not that they were direct influences, but you could see the similarities. So, um, but that's the other thing about this movie in general. Like even you referencing A Clockwork Orange, there's... There's a lot of things when I watched this, I was like, holy shit, I could, I could see how this may have been an influence or inspired or just was part of the subconscious of, of filmmakers, right? Like, <clears throat> I could see how it, it like influenced The Matrix or uh, even Stranger Things when the little kid holds up the hand, like when you first see it, and there's number 26 on him, right? Yep. Like you're like, oh shit, this is, especially when they do the flashback scene and they show that they were in a facility and they were being you know, studied and, and amplified their powers. I'm like, this is fucking stranger things, dude. Right. So, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's like you said, it's a masterpiece and I, I think it's touched and, and affected a lot of different things since it came, this movie came out, but, uh, but I do like the setup. It was, you're like, wait, what happened? And then you're like, Oh shit. Okay. They converged upon each other. And then that's when the story happens. So. <clears throat> what did y'all think? I, it, <sighs> So, 
a little thing that I was like confused about. How did he, Tetsuo, become fucking connected with Akira simply because he ran into the one kid? I yeah, I'm, I'm, that's the way it could have. <laughs> so it was just a little twist of fate. He yes. always had it, but oh. it was, I guess it was brought up. Well, I don't think with it's just guy. that he always had it. We all have it in us. So right. I think that's the baseline of the story. It's like humanity. It's like the whole Nietzsche fucking overman thing where it's like we have the potential to become more. But if we fucking use it incorrectly or we're using it too early, we're going to use it incorrectly. Kind of like with how we gained access to fucking nuclear bombs. I think that's a metaphor for it. It's like humanity's right. messing with things that are way more advanced scientifically than we're ready to fucking mess with. Yeah. And I think to what you were saying, like that's what happened. There was just the, since they do eventually say that, Hey, everybody has this ability when Tetsuo ran into him, because you you were like, how the fuck did he survive that explosion of the bike? Mm. So maybe either the number 26 helped him or he like in that moment, since he was so close to somebody that's already on the other side of the wall, it it, it, it opened the doorway and, and that's how maybe he didn't die because he like protected himself and then right. he, he went through the changes. So. Maybe and I have will like AT fields kind of like, you know, mm -hmm. blue pattern. You remember that fucking shit? Yeah. Did you no, see that it, in the movie? I was like, what blue, the fuck? This is direct, like almost a direct inspiration for fucking me. Right. Avon. <laughs> Dude, I kept I mean, saying that too. Evangelion was more influenced by Ultraman. But Maybe. Yeah, but like you can see yeah. the it influences was. here, like mm -hmm. especially whenever he's trying oh, yeah. to get to fucking Akira. It's kind of like the angels trying to get to Adam. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. I, dude, I I felt that too the whole time. I was like, not that it was a direct, you know, like Josh kind of informed us that it was, it's not a direct influence, but there's a lot of like inspirations from Akira in Evangelion, in my opinion. And Big time. I would say, I was saying this, especially when they kind of told everyone that, uh, that, it, well, that every human has this ability. Because the whole time I'm watching Akira, I, I'm like, Dude, this guy must have been a fan of Star Wars, right? Like yeah. the little bikes in the tunnel, like the little, it reminded me of being on indoor, going mm -hmm. through the forest and especially that, the ESP, the force, like that everybody has it. So it, I think this is a beautiful movie that gaps different ages. You know what I mean? Like this is a, a nexus point in cinema, I guess you could say. And that's my opinion, right? Like. Star Wars and all of that, cyberpunk, that era that was starting to come up, you know, Blade Runner, and then it, it takes it to some of the anime movies we've seen, especially the last couple of weeks, and then just other other movies, other things. So it's, I, I definitely like that aspect of kind of like you said, the the Nietzsche, the the Superman idea, like we all have this ability, but also. I think you kind of hit it on the head. I think that's part of this movie was about the apocalyptic aspect of human nature, right? That we could, we have the ability to destroy it at a massive level, but I guess also the way it ends, we also have the ability to create at a universal level. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of what I felt like at the end when the way it ended, right? Like a, basically the, a big bang it, it folded upon itself and created a new universe. 
And did you notice that Tokyo was underwater? It's like, is that actually true? That to- originally that area was just all underwater because of a massive storm, whatever, right? Like, Oh, like from weathering with you? Like how they mentioned it in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, that's, like, that's so true. That's crazy. So then if some massive flood were to happen or a lot of rain were to happen, Tokyo would be screwed. Well, I mean, it's probably not I mean, even it, rain. It is an like island. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not, not even rain. Like, I mean, the ice caps can melt a little bit. Sea levels rise. Like... You could also, I mean, obviously there are ways to deal with it, like out in coastal cities, you know, I think the, the Navy, I saw something about the Army Corps of Engineers have like a multi-billion dollar project in the Houston area because of the fucking, um, the, the threat of rising, <laughs> rising waters. And so it's like, we do have projects that we can do man-made like levees type systems to keep the water out, but you know, how long is that going to work? Right. Which is kind of what they did in Evangelion, right? I mean, they had a lot of different, at least in the movies, like they built these structures to hold off the, I mean, I don't know if we had that type of capability, right? To, to hold off the third impact in these little bubbles, but yeah, we, we had definitely had the technology. And Tokyo, yeah, it's a little Japan, man versus probably... nature, a little little yeah. bear grills. <laughs> and if, if any any culture or society would be able to do that, it would be Japan. Like I think that's one thing you pick up and and we've taught. I think I know I've mentioned it in, in the as we've watched some of some of these animes is their ability to persevere and adapt and you know do what they need to do to continue to survive. You know, you, you saw that in Evangelion and the fourth the thrice upon a time. You saw it in Weathering with You. Um, and you kind of see it in this movie, Akira, right? Like they've, you know, basically an, a, an atomic bomb went off again and, and they created a new Tokyo. And, you know, there's still all the other turmoil that happens with, what What did uh, your, your namesake, or no, that's not him. What was the colonel's name in Akira? The one that's like, he's like, he, he said like, oh, the, the the hope of the reconstru- like rebuilding like it's it's gone like now this world is just deteriorating on itself basically is what he was saying right um, yeah and he wa- he wanted to rule with an iron fist well also he was like you guys are corrupt capitalist assholes like there's <laughs> fucking dangerous shit happening and y'all are trying to fucking get rid of me and let stuff happen I was like ten out of ten I agree this guy fucking shoot that guy let's let's round up the fucking people who are dumbasses and fucking just being political vying for power amongst themselves bullshit and i was like yeah i would have probably done the same thing <laughs> like and a fucking coup man yeah and i i i can see i i the part of me agrees with that but the, there's a part of me that's like but he's also the one that knows where Kira is and he's doing as, as opposed it's to destroying kind of like, his fault too he could have right, just killed yeah. the kid early on like <laughs> yes well, it it was the scientist's fault, I thought, because he gave him. The oh, that is true. Him. That's why he kind of at the end, when all the shit was going sideways, like he was like, "Damn it, you didn't do what I told you to do." Yeah, because he was such a fine specimen. Because you know he was giving off the best ESP waves or whatever that little device he was looking at that was giving the wavelengths. He, it was for the data, bro. He was like, there's new particles that are yes. being... <laughs> I mean, I would be like, this is kind of interesting. It's good Because science, bro. That's that's what's going to destroy he us. He died the way he died doing what he loved, bro. You know? And that was collecting data. 
I mean, I feel so bad for Tetsu's girlfriend or the the one that liked him. She just she got smashed, bro. Like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. at least he got to smash her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude. good one. Well done, well played. I'm here. All, I'm here all week. Um, th- I mean, the movie's so good. Like the storyline. Uh, what's his, what's Canada? Fucking. It was a great character too, because like, while Tetsuya was jealous of him, he also never let that get to him, and right. like he still cared about Tetsuya, and he was like, if anybody's gonna kill him, I'm gonna kill him because yeah. essentially yeah. I love him, like he's my friend. <laughs> I just feel like that would be any of us. Like, if anyone's gonna fucking kill any of us, it's gonna be one of us. Like, we're not gonna let anybody else do it, right? Like we're not gonna let anybody else tear us down. We're gonna, we're gonna do, do it ourselves. <laughs> we'll fuck you up. You better not fucking badmouth our family. We'll fucking badmouth them, not you. Oh man, no, yeah, and, and again, uh, and you say good story, like, yeah, I mean, I, it, it was just, it's one of, again, it's one of those stories where you just like you get so engrossed with everything that's going on, like, you're like, holy shit, dude, what, what is, you know, you just. I mean, I'm telling you, I I can't remember the last time a movie went by so fast. Like, of right. course, you know, I'm old. It was a long ass movie. I have a pro- it was a long movie, and the only reason I even like realized, like, oh shit, two hours have gone by, because of course I I have to pee all the time. So I was like, I think it was what like 15, 20 minutes left in the movie, Josh. I was like, I paused it. And I was like, holy shit, we've been watching this for an hour and forty five minutes. I was like, good <laughs> lord, like just it went by so fast. I mean, the sub stories too. Like, if you. Like the what's his name? Uh, the mustache guy uh, who was working Ryu? with the uh, the beaver, old beaver man. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Ryu. Yeah. He um, uh, I, that whole sub story where he was essentially funding the revolution. Right. The guy who was on the fucking immortal council or whatever. Yeah. It's like yeah, that's fucked up. And I, I will say that's probably like that's the only not like whole in the in the in the story but like i can tell that they truncated that story really quickly like i like to your point they didn't they didn't expound on a lot of the sub stories but like you do realize okay he was being funded by a member of the council to lead this revolution right so like this kind of trickery but at the same time do you think the children were also like influencing the girl to help them like it, it felt like that at one point like she kept talking oh, yeah. over Big time. Like he kept, she, they kept showing the little girl talking through the right, the one girl's mouth. Mouth. So, do you think that 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 they were the masterminds behind the revolution and they were utilizing all these these players to help them escape? I, don't think I guess. So. I don't. Maybe, but I don't think so. I think they didn't want things to get to the point they did. And they only right. really stepped in whenever they didn't have a choice. Which that was kind of reminiscent, even though in in in, in the book uh, Neuromancer, it's it's uh, it's an AI that is like using people to try to free itself. So that's why I kind of I had that like that's why I have that theory like oh they were moving all these pieces, but to I think you're right. I think they were trying to protect what they were trying to protect from what happened happening again. And ultimately, yeah. you see that at the end that that's what they do. They 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 sacrifice themselves in order to um, stop what is happening, All right? So, 
but it's still interesting. It's, it's still a lot of smoke and mirrors, spy, espionage. Like, there's a lot of shit going on in the movie, right? And so um, I'm surprised Lorhor didn't want more explanation of why the beaver was doing what he was doing. Ultimately, I just it just seemed like he wanted more money. Yeah, that's all he cared about. Yeah, like, right. he even tried to grab all his fucking like bonds and fucking yeah. CD, <laughs> fucking all his shit, and put it in his suitcase. I was like, dude, you can leave some of that. Like, close your suitcase, get out of here. And it's now as we're talking about, it, I forgot because there's a piece in. I mean, that's basically the premise of Ninja Scroll. Not to jump too far ahead here, but like that's what your your namesake basically was doing. I, I want to get all the money so I can take over. Right. And so that was what this guy was doing. And when I saw that and it makes me think of recently, like that Senator from New Jersey, that they found like gold bars and and money stuffed in his clothes at his house and stuff that he was getting as payment (laughs) from like foreign governments or whatever. I forgot what the details were. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I think I remember seeing the headline, but that's fucking not surprising. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's represented in this movie in a cure, right? Like there's this guy just I got to get all my money, man. Uh, the funny part is when they asked the senator like why he had all that, he goes, "It was it's for an emergency, <laughs> in case of an emergency." <laughs> an emergency. Like, what kind of emergency do you need? Fucking gold bars, bro. Well, like, complete com- complete collapse of the financial system, bro. Like, have you not? Do you not go on prepper websites, dude? You need gold in case society collapses because <laughs> that's the only currency that's throughout all of history been used. Dollar collapses, gold. So, but that's my thing. That's one thing I don't understand is like, I can understand it now because it's uses in electronics and it has actual uses. But then you, you look at gold back then, it's like, what did people use it for? It's, it's just it's just a metal. Bro, it's malleable. literally economy. Think about economy. Mm-hmm. Economy is the study of scarcity. It's a rare metal and mm-hmm. it's shiny. Like, that's okay. all it is. Right. That's all it was. <laughs> <you're> like... <laughs> You, you had. Pe- I'm you- sorry. I'm just th- no, I'm bro. Th- if if I'm thinking of it, and it's like, oh, caveman. Well, I mean, yeah. Shiny, think about the times. Of- yeah, yeah. Like they- well, it's not that they're like, oh, shiny. Shiny means rare. It's that it's shiny, and you don't see it anywhere right. else. Like it's very difficult and yeah, to yeah. find, and you have to mine it if you do. Find I understand. It. I understand. I'm just thinking of it, just like how to our primitive minds it gets to. You know what I mean? And I I I, like how I, I I I hear what you're saying, Josh. Because like when you look at Western movies, ones that deal with like going out west to become you know the the gold rush, a lot of those characters are just depicted as like yeah, kind of almost cavemanish in a way. I'm just out here to get you know no teeth, little education, but they're gonna strike it rich. Um, prospectors, yeah, prospectors and things of that nature. But I mean, it, this is just like what Zach said though. It's just the scarcity of it. And people would cross the whole entire fucking continental United States to go to California to try to find it, right? Like, that's how rare it was. It's um, all supply and demand, bro. If there's not mm-hmm. a lot of supply and there's a lot of demand, then the prices increase. And I mean, how much? And then we. How common is gold, though? You know? Well, not. I mean, not as common as diamonds, apparently, but. Right. Um, but no, I mean, and then society, you see, like, they just learn how to. One, they use it as currency, but. To what you were saying, we found ways to use it in um, technology. We made jewelry out of it. Um, it's 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 valuable. So we're like, well, we'll treat, we'll, we'll make it. Well, how do we apply this value and make it where we can sell it? 
<laughs> it's just economy, man. Like Zach said, it's just they're they're scaling the worth of that gold to apply it in different different ways, so you can charge people more money, right? Like, who wants to wear a necklace made out of twine when you could wear one made out of gold, right? Like, it's that's all it is. Yeah, man. All I could think of is like an alien just observing all this from way outside and just like. Bro, these monkeys are giving these guys like rocks from the ground for food. Well, I don't understand it. <laughs> no, well, I mean, remember in Aliens and Cowboys, they came and sold the gold. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, I forgot about that <laughs> well, shit. Well, think about it, Josh. They're using advanced technology to travel through the stars. They have metal, they understand the value of it. They understand that, at least from a scientific standpoint, they need it for some purpose or they have used it for some purpose, probably because gold is an element that is in the universe. So it's most likely something that was on whatever world they came from. Now, is it as rare or as common as maybe iron? Maybe not, but most likely it is because those elements are easily formed. Like it's all about how common things are. And that economy is a concept that humanity has put together, but like there's still like a scarcity of elements in the universe. And so like they might not, you thinking of it that way where it's like ooh, caveman or monkey looking at metal it's like <laughs> no they're like utilizing this resource and they're probably utilizing it for the wrong purpose they're like why are they fucking just trading this precious metal that we right. use for whatever you know yeah they could usually traverse the universe with this metal that they're using just to pay for fucking shit exactly wasn't that one of like the theories of why people were just getting gold was because it was really for aliens or some shit like that? Well, do you or, know what we're talking about from? Nibiru and the planet and the oh, aliens? Is that where we got that there from? There was like, uh, apparently, yeah. I feel like there's something where it's like there's gold in their atmosphere and they need it to survive. And so they're coming to Earth to steal our gold or something. <laughs> Basically, cowboys and aliens. Right. Pretty much. So then I guess the question would be with these revolutionaries in this movie, because you're, you're just kind of talking about the value of things. What was the value of them trying to get these metahumans and 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 free Akira? Like, did they not know it was going to be the end of the world? I think they did. The, 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 there was like the cult of Akira, right? Where it was right. just like mm-hmm. they wanted the destruction. They wanted... I feel like the there was like a religion built around it. So like there wasn't yeah, much lore here. You had to right? read between. Yeah, you had to read between the lines what was going on. But I think it, they looked at the destruction as a way of rebirth type of thing, where like we will cleanse the earth type of thing hmm. through fire. So they were basically gendos out there trying to yeah do the human, <laughs> human instrumentality, bro. Yeah. Okay. Well, and it's funny too because when the Tetsu showed up and they first were like, oh, it's Akira. And then I forget what he does to lose their faith because then they're like, oh, no, he's a false Akira. He's a false prophet. Like, it feels like they turned on him all of a sudden. Well, um, one of them did. And then they pulled him down and started kicking his ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. They're like, shut up. That's Akira. And, I was and like, look, you, you guys will be able to confirm or deny this, but when he gets out there into the city and he tears off some kind of drape and puts a, a cloak around him and his hair's getting all messy. Like I, I felt like it was Dragon Ball Z like going on there. Like when he I can kind of see that, but I also feel like 
the more I now that I think about it, I talked about like the Overman and the Nietzsche stuff. I think that's like the direct reference because Superman is directly the right. Overman and that concept of like what humanity can be. I think it's a direct reference to Superman, mm. which is also then the direct reference to that. So I think that's what it was. But yeah, okay. yeah heavily, no. heavily fucking like I saw Dragon Ball Z in this too. Like the way that fucking like Josh, you remember in Dragon Ball Z how like when they would charge up, there'd be like a ball of energy and it would like go into the rock or whatever room. Like I feel like Dragon Ball Z because yeah. this came out way before Dragon Ball Z. I feel like Dragon Ball Z took a lot of inspiration from the fights in this movie. Yeah, more than likely. Yeah, there was a lot of auras that they had and whatnot. Yeah. Well, and now that you mentioned the whole Superman thing, it, it, it just, a light bulb went off. I'm like, oh yeah, that was basically like in Superman 2, there, you know, he, he when he's fighting the other fucking Kryptonians, like there was chaos in the city. So now that you said that, I'm like, oh shit, that's very reminiscent of what happened when he gets into Neo Tokyo. Yeah. Chaos happens in the cities. It's very reminiscent of the the chaotic scene when the wolf breaks out in American Werewolf in London from the fucking theater. Oh yeah, like just complete <laughs> destruction is going on. Pandemonium, like the people killed more of each other than the wolf did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but poor, pe- like Tetsu is like. I mean, where else have you seen that? Either one of you in a movie where it's like the person that just had you know was the not necessarily the outcast but the one that was the one that everyone took care of or like kind of picked on and then they go they break bad like mm. that i don't know about specifically that uh, wasn't there one called brightburn that, uh, which was like the anti-superman no he wasn't picked whatever. on though he was just a little kid who was kind had of powers like, yeah yeah had powers but was like the he, opposite of superman he was evil yeah, the anti. Yeah. Oh, what about no? What was the other one where like these three agents? And I think Michael B. Jordan was in it. It was like the there was a meteor, and they go kind of had like a Blair Witch type of like shooting the camera. Like the one guy was always recording it, and they are given powers from the meteor. I don't and know. I guess what the, that one is. I, for, I forgot the name of the movie. Let me try to find it real quick. I feel like I've seen a movie similar to what you. Just, just, just described. I, don't know. I thought you were with me, or, or I don't remember. I thought I watched it with some multiple people. But Josh, I, I feel like we've dominated a lot of the conversation. Like, what, what, what thoughts do you like? What do you love about Akira? I would say the world building. That's very, it's very immersive. Yeah. And I know how y'all were talking about it. It's like, oh, I, why, why don't, why aren't you, why isn't any words being said from the, from the lore whore? I mean, it was like, yeah, like y'all said, it, it is implied um, with most of that. But just being a completely immersed in this movie is so, so good, you know, in the tidbits, the, the little, sub stories or whatever you call it zach called it um obviously the animation was just so fucking good like i don't know if y'all ever like watched how old anime is made it's 
fucking page by page by page. And that was, I could only imagine how many fucking pages they went through to draw all that they did, especially towards the end of the movie with the, the big blob, you know, when his powers were getting out of control and his arm was just, ugh, whatever, man, just, just drawn beautifully, you know, many different moving parts. Everyone's always animated to some degree, you know, what was it? What was that thing that, uh, what was it Miyazaki from, uh, Studio Ghibli? He didn't, he doesn't he have a philosophy. Like whenever you're drawing stuff in the background, he's like, there is no, just some background character, you know, he's like, they are a person, you know, you, you draw them to their full details, what they're doing, how they're doing it. You know, like you ever watch anything in the background of Studio Ghibli, they have a bunch of like, character everyone's doing something different it's not usually and if it is if it's just a slight repeat but they're doing something very specific you know you see the man the fisherman the the butcher cutting up the thing there's one guy that's trying to buy the thing there's someone that's rolling hay away or some shit you know and you saw a lot of that in the care everyone was doing so many unique things in the background you know Mm. that's what i really liked about it so i guess question would be I mean, I, I have an idea of what the answer is, but why are you so fond of like the animation in a, in a movie like this and this kind of style? I think I just have a fondness for old anime okay. in general. Like new anime is good and all, you know, sure. But now everything's digitized and easier to do. Not, I wouldn't say easier to do. There's still more challenges that, you know, when they're trying to push the the limits of what they have with their technology. Yeah, it's good. Um, but I just prefer the old style because it's maybe just because there's a lot of more work. I feel like it has more heart. work to be put into. It. Yes. Yes. A lot more heart is put into it. And of course it's kind of nostalgic for me seeing all that uh, late eighties, early nineties anime, you know, and just, just, just that style just sits, it, it sits in my heart very well. And I like it. crazy because like you were definitely alive and cognizant during that time yeah but one of those animes came over here we got it in the night true but you were like five yeah yeah so i mean i watched power rangers when i was young too so so i was gonna say zach i mean how did you like the animation i mean i know you said thrice upon a time is your masterpiece so and you gave me this masterpiece um but I would say it's just a different type of animation style. Like, I mean, it's not class. It's classic anime. Because, like, if you look at the, the face drawings compared to how anime faces are drawn now, it's just fundamentally different. Like, that's the main thing. You can see it the way they draw characters. The actual characters are very different than how they used to be. Or at least how they were in Akira. Um, I, I mean, I still I love it. Like Josh said, there's a lot of thought and intent that went into like every single setting in this movie mm-hmm. and then in addition to that like the how they thought up these battles is very advanced for for when this came out because like you had not a lot of people i mean from what i can assume like there's probably a lot of japanese anime movies that never made it to the west from this time period so like i don't know without a doubt that other movies in Japan 
weren't doing the same type of fighting sequences, but like it was done impeccably in this movie. Um, like the the flying fighting battles, the, the how they showed that there was like a wall of energy that they were pushing out in condensed spaces that would form around them. Like all these things are used over and over and over again nowadays. And the, you could see that around this time, there was a genesis of this concept and how they depicted power that is like extraordinary coming from an individual. And so I really, I really enjoyed that. Would you say this was the first anime that had stuff like that? Like you were saying? Well, I, that's like the a... thing. It's one of the earliest that you can say that it was done this well and done that way that I can point to, but I don't know. Like in Japan, like I said, there's probably a bunch of anime movies that never made it over here during that time. Mm. And that may just kind of be locked in Japan still because it, there's no audience over here for it. So I don't know, but, uh, but it could be, it's one of the, it's definitely one of the most popular ones, at least in the West. Um, not to say that this is going to give a definitive answer on it, but I did read an, um, maybe it was an empire article, um, about Akira and its production and the director who directed it was also the author of the, the manga. So, and he had done it like a, a serial, I think it was like a serial one that would be printed in a magazine. And so when he wanted to do this movie, he wanted it to be very detailed. He wanted, he didn't feel like the way his story was. I mean, he felt like the way the medium that it was in didn't give it enough depth and justice that he wanted. So he, from reading this article, it did sound as if he did a lot of things and wanted to do a lot of things that weren't being done. And a lot of people were against or like didn't want to do it or said it couldn't be done. So he had 10 million in, in funding for it and he could get more. It was during the article mentioned it was during the bubble economy of the eighties in Japan. So there was a lot of money. So like all these naysayers, he was like, well, look, I, I got 10 million and I can get more if we need to, but this is how I want to do it. So to your point, maybe this was like based off that article, like it, it didn't, it sounded like there was a lot of kickback from the artists and people that he was trying to convince to do it this way. They were like, well, it's never been that done that way. And I guess they, I forget, I didn't know, I don't remember exactly the thing that they referenced, but they, they referenced Studio Ghibli about well, that's that's not how they do it. And he's like, well, I don't care if it costs more money. Like, this is how I want it done. So I, I would say maybe. I, w I would yeah. definitely lean towards, yes, this is probably the first. Um, and, it's, and I know in the article it said um, somebody who got involved with the movie um, eventually was also the one of the ones that produced Ghosts in the Shell. Like, they were so inspired by how this movie, the way it looked, the way it was created, that, you know, he was a producer on Ghosts in the Shell. So which is another representation of kind of like what you said, like what we see in this movie. I'm, I've only seen Ghost in the Shell once. I know you, you said you hadn't seen it, right, Zach? Yeah, I still haven't seen it. Josh, you've seen it, right? Ghost in the Shell? Yeah, I've seen it. I mean, wouldn't you say it's kind of like a a spiritual, like, not sequel, but a spiritual, in the spiritual vein of Akira, like the, the, the animation oh, yeah. and, and all of that. yeah. I thought you've seen that movie, Zach. Yeah, I'll be, yeah, I agree, Gene. Okay. I thought you've seen, didn't we? No, I thought we saw that together. I watched it. Well, definitely take it, check, take a, take a look at it. I think I'm looking at an auction it. right now for Akira and Ghost in the Shell. 
and let's see it's got wolf children cowboy bebop for 39 dollars mm. might as well buy that dude you get all of those dvds all blu-rays blu-rays wow it's not bad you paid 25 <laughs> bucks for akira alone bro <laughs> or no for for akira i think i paid 39.99 oh shit it, it that's exactly how much this is for yeah, all it, these five damn and, what, and what's that on what is that just ebay or yeah dude gotta go to ebay mm. bro that's where it's at okay and just to, to follow up on that movie I was talking about with Michael B. Jordan, it's called Chronicle. That was the, the name of that movie. So Chronicle. And uh Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> the Chronic What Cools of Narnia. Quick question. Um and again, I still haven't finished uh Death Note, but I will soon. What does Akira mean? Because isn't isn't that the same name of of the of what he takes on? Upon? Oh, that's Kira. Oh, that's Kira. Kira. Okay, my bad. My bad. Moving on. I, I was thinking. <laughs> I was curious about the same thing, not about the uh, specifically Death Note, but what Akira means. Let me check that real quick. It means bright, clear, or ideal mm. in Japanese. So it's like. I mean, it's like the concept of like this perfect being, maybe like Akira is the perfect being. And it, it is sometimes used as a variation of Kira. So it does actually go back to Death Note. Oh, interesting. There you go. I would like an apology, Josh. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> get on your knees. What? Because there's two different names. I didn't say that they were the same. I just said they were two different <laughs> names. Mm. And, you know, now just so fuck your apology. <laughs> Okay, sorry, bro. Uh, you know, I was thinking about when Akira does show up at the end from his like kept body parts. Like it felt like very. Uh, uh, it was a Doctor Manhattan from Watchmen when he like rematerializes himself out of space and time. Yeah. So. Again, I wonder I, if I, uh, I wonder if fucking what's his who was it Moore? Alan did it, or was Moore? It? Yeah, I think is it Alan Moore. I think That's it's Alan Moore. I almost said Christopher Moore. <laughs> I, but I think these are, are in the same time period because it didn't Watchmen come out around the same time. Yeah, in the eighties, the back into the eighties. Oh, actually, that it does. Those are two very similar concepts. So I wonder if Alan Moore did see this and got influence from it. Hmm. I have to look that up. Again, I again, I think I, I like I said, this is this movie is definitely a nexus point between cinema of like the late seventies, early eighties, and then what came in the nineties and you know after. Big time, dude. I agree. Like this is a focal point that changed the trajectory of a lot of things and how. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of those things where you're like, we're so lucky we got this. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I'm what glad I watched it. Like, yeah. I definitely, it's definitely a rewatch for me just because it's so entertaining, but also to try to, you know, what's all the other things going on that maybe I didn't pick up on the first time around. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a great movie. It's a, I would say it's definitely, and I don't have a breadth of knowledge, breadth or depth of knowledge, like, you know, you guys do from an anime standpoint, but it's definitely a masterpiece for me. Akira is definitely a masterpiece. Um, yeah, I would say without it being an anime, like f- through the in- lens of anime, just as a piece of like cinema, it's masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, I'm surprised I, it, I, it didn't win any like Academy Awards or even well, remember, get nominated. I like, I, I didn't look, but well, no, no. Remember animation, like best foreign film. 
Oh yeah, maybe best oh. horror film, but yeah, animation didn't happen because remember we talked about this with Iron Giant, like it wasn't a category yet for the Oscars. Oh yeah. But to your point, like yeah. it should have. I wonder if it would get get nominated. It should have been nominated for foreign film, but again, and Guillermo del Toro talks about this a lot that animation doesn't get like it get. It's the it's the horror of cinema too. Like horror movies get the same vibe. Like it's just it's not people don't, don't respect like, it as much. Yeah, they don't respect it as cinema when it really is. Like it's the same amount of work that goes into creating an animated movie, if not more. I right, you know. Because there's like whole teams of people like you don't have a setting that you you have to create the setting out of thin air. Like you can't just put people in a fucking environment. And and that's what Josh said. Like they do a great job of world building in this movie that you you get so engrossed. So it it kind of for me, not that it's exactly because I, I don't think the. And I, I don't think the plot has as many holes as um, what was that one movie that we watched with uh, Humphrey Bogart, no, the noir movie. Was it The Big Sleep, where he's like investigating and he falls in love with the the, the daughter of the guy yeah. in the wheelchair, right? Like it's just very you get so engrossed that you're just going along and you're just taking what information you get as the character. It, that's what Akira does. It just you're just in that world and you're just like, okay, I'm just taking what's coming. And I'm not too concerned about does it make sense because like it's just coming at me. I'm just along for the ride on this roller coaster, right? And I'm just I'm I'm, I'm experiencing it as it's happening and trying to process it because something else is about to come at me. I don't have time to think about like what the fuck just happened. Right? <laughs> just I'm going to the next thing. So, um, but uh, Josh, any final words before we swap gears and talk about ninjas? Uh. Other than master pizza. You know what the difference between a dollar and a pound is? What? I can't dollar your mom. Damn. Wow. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Here we go. So ninja scrolls, huh? A monk, a ninja, and a samurai walk into a bar. Verda. I mean, I'll say, Josh. These movie pairings are weird. It works, but in a weird way. I think Ninja Scroll, if you watch Vampire Hunter D, Ninja Scroll pairs perfectly with Vampire Hunter D, I think. Why is there more demons and stuff? It's kind of set in like, okay, so no, actually, if we did a three movie setting, it would be Akira, or not Akira, it would be Ninja Scroll. Then Akira, then Vampire Hunter D, because Vampire Hunter D is set in like the future where things have regressed so much that we're riding around on horses again, <laughs> and there it's just crazy. It's so it's so crazy. You got you got to watch it. Not to mention, I think the art style is very similar to Ninja Scroll. It might even be done by the same person. So that what was what's it called? Vampire? What was it? Vampire Hunter D. Okay. So basically, in the (laughs) future, got him. So in the future, it's kind of like, what's his name? Is it H.G. Wells' the the time machine, where they go in the future and it's like the underground people and not not like that. It's more like it's in the future, but everybody's gone back to living in like small villages and having horses and raising livestock and shit. But like, there's also like these vampires that 
have lived for thousands of years that are like technologically advanced in their bases and have robot horses and shit. Whoa. It's pretty cool. I'm going to have to check that out. Robot horses. But Ninja Scroll is fucking sick, Josh. Tell us about tell us about this. Mercenary samurai man for pay goes and fights a man that was he fought that before. I don't know what I'm saying. I have no idea. I, I couldn't tell you. I remember the story of this movie. Well, I mean, I, I basically, I, when, when I finished watching it last night, and I, I was super tired, and I was, I, I, I mean, I, I caught the ending. It was just, but I would like, I would space out because I was trying to like not fall asleep, so I wouldn't read all the subtitles. But I mean, it. I, I looked at Josh and I said, "So the whole point of this movie is because Ginmon just wanted to get the money so he can take over the fucking Japan." That was basically the premise, right? So, I mean, am I wrong, Zach? Is that I mean, that was that so, Josh was like, yeah, pretty much. Like, so I would say the synopsis is a lone Ronin wandering Japan encounters a situation that throws him into a plot to overthrow the government. Yeah, that's basically Simple. it. Kind of like Canada got they just while battling another bike bike gang, they get. Brought into a but huge fucking conspiracy. There's a little twist of fate, man. Story. Yeah, twist of fate. You, you yes. missed out on the little love story. The uh, kind of yeah, uh, half not barely love story, but whatever. I don't know, bro. That's yeah, no, there's definitely story, that. And I think that's Beautiful one thing about the. You, you, oh, what's that, Josh? I was like, but he didn't say it in the synopsis. There was that's what, that's what I was. Getting I mean, you know, a synopsis is a, you gloss over everything, bro. You're right. you're you're condensing the movie. You're not giving every detail of the movie in the synopsis, right. bro. Which Josh does do good breakdowns. He does do like he breaks it down like true from point to point, like like it's really quick. You get an idea of the movie. So, um, but that's one thing I liked about this movie because I have seen some other. Japanese movies recently from like the 50s and 60s and it, it deals with like this time of the the shogunate and you know daimos and all of that right the that that uh I forget what what would you call it the Edo era is that correct Zach yeah I would say most likely it's during that era and it's and there's always it's always something about trying to overthrow whoever or a, a, a betrayal but in it, you you see all the different. Going to what Josh was saying about the love story, you experience all the things that those people experience, and it's not all just about the war or the betrayal or the the, the what's going on there. There's still other aspects that happen. So, you know, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was very interesting, and you know the the different people that he fights and yeah, I mean it's just it's just like damn. I wish I would have seen this as a kid, like because th- these were the I remember seeing Saturday, you know, Saturday afternoon kung fu samurai movies all the time, and this this would this would have fallen right in line with a lot of that, and even more amplified because usually in a Sunday afternoon movie like that, there's maybe one or two villains that the samurai fights, like the boss level, you know, villains. But in this movie, shit, I mean, this dude fought fucking. Waves of waves of fucking boss villains, bro. Like it was just like holy Dude, shit. Dude, he fought he fought eight demons, bro. Like and then an immortal god, essentially. Yeah. And he's just so yeah. OP. Yeah. Like he's just so OP that bro, he just fucking just fucking crushes them. Bro. He's like, I guess we're gonna have to finish this soon. He's like, 
what are you talking about? I'll crush you. And he's just like, <laughs> yeah. dead. He's like, if you keep up this behavior, one of us is going to die. Bro, you've, have you played Sekiro? It's kind of like that, I think. Mm, they got inspiration yeah, I see that. from that. But that see this is this movie is also really short on the lore. Like there's no background for who he is, which does add a lot to mm-hmm. the movie. Doesn't detract from it, but again, this is a very like loreless movie. Yeah, because even when it comes out that he knows who's like leading this rebellion, like there doesn't really go much into it. Like, I mean, other than the monk saying, Are you the guy that killed what's his name? Like that's basically it. Right, right. And you just you just accept that okay, this is a legend that everybody I guess certain people know. Like this this monk who was a I guess was he a government spy, he kept calling him a government spy. Yeah. He was he was uh what was that dude in Game of Thrones' name? The the, the whisperer, the, the spy master. Littlefinger. No, no, the the other one, the bald one before, oh, before yeah, Littlefinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember his name. Useless it was is like what his name Varys is. or something. Yeah, like Varys. Varys. There you go. Yeah. Lord Varys. You got a little Lord, the Japanese Lord Varys over here. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I, but I think that's. I, 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 while I was at half price yesterday, I was like, okay, I found Ninja Scroll. I was about to just walk in and out. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm here. Let me just kind of peruse. And really, I was just looking for like their film. Like, do they have any books about film or movies? And. I found a little book. It was just talking about America genre. And it just in the synopsis, it was talking about comparing how, you know, the Ronin films and samurai films match the Western movies of, of American Westerns. And we know that. Like, I think we've all seen enough cinema to know, like, you know, the, the Seven Samurais and then, the, you know, the Magnificent Seven. They're basically, you know, we took that and just made it Westernized. And that's what you think about the Western. You always had the especially in the fist full of dollars, which I know we've seen on here. Um, you just have a random guy that shows up to town and he's, he's the gunslinger and that's it. Like, that's all you need to know. And you're yeah. okay with it. You no, know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jube is essentially Clint Eastwood, dude. He's the fucking, what, yes. what did they call him? Um, uh, the man with no name. Yeah. But what's his no name, name? Kept calling him something. Joe. Like, wasn't it Joe or blue eyes or. Oh yes. Oh, you're talking about in the good Blondie. 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 They kept calling him Blondie. That's right. But going back to what you were saying about how OP he was, that's how he was in the fist foot of dollars, remember? Josh, he yep. goes up, he's like, you need to apologize to him, a horse. Like, you know, just this, oh, this cocksuredness that. that he has. <laughs> that always gets me. <laughs> I love that scene every time. Oh, man. But that's but, what yeah. Juby was. He just was that. That's yeah. who he was. He was, he was, a, I mean, that's why they always do like the, Oh, who would win a samurai or a or a cowboy, you know, because they're fucking essentially the same thing, you know? They're just this badass, like lone wolf wanderer, you know, that is just really good at what what they're doing, you know, killing, you know. Right. Or trying to make money, you know. But who have a code. Remember, like I remember you saying that about oh, yeah. they'll were... have their own principles. Right. They'll have their own principles and whatnot that they follow. And Jubi very specific sometimes. And Jubi says that very clearly to the 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 ninja girl um forget her name oh yeah she's like i i can't i hate people who don't value their lives like that was his code like yes i i take people's lives i kill for a living but it's because that's who i am and you know i've he's like well also the people he kills are like in the game he's not out there killing people for no reason (laughs) exactly yeah He, he kills because he values living 
she was definitely just ready to die because of her predicament, right, and her circumstance. And it was sad. It was kind of sad when you really think about it. It was. Like, she could never have a meaningful relationship because she would kill a person that would kiss her or make love to her. That was it. That was they're dead. Like, yeah, kind of like Rogue, right? Without draining their power, just right. straight up touching them would kill them. It was was it just touching or is it like literally like making love or kissing? It was touching. That's why she wore gloves all the time. Um, well, I mean, yeah, even if she kissed somebody, it would be the same thing. Because mm-hmm. then she suck out some of Iceman's powers. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> would you? Would, 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 <laughs> I don't know why I said. Would you rather have her or the Snake Lady with the the snake coming out of out of her vagina to bite? Dude, you? that was. <laughs> That was right up there with the penis is evil. The penis is the like in Zardos, oh, whatever yeah. they said. Like, Zardos. Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, that was uh, that was graphic without being graphic, and you know, just <laughs> now, mind you, have I seen something similar to that in Thailand? Yes, but what? <laughs> you saw a snake come out of a wolf? No, I bro? said something similar. I saw a frog oh. pop out of somebody's. But JJ. Yes. And then she oh, ate the man. frog. <laughs> then she ate the frog. You see some It cooked the frog, then she ate the frog. See a lot of crazy stuff in fucking Patio Beach, let's just say that. In the Navy. In the Navy. Did y'all watch it in English or in Japanese? No, oh, dude, we've ever since you belittled us. <laughs> well, mostly because Josh. Josh was like, but I, I had always been a type that I'd rather just see subtitles. Because uh, I don't like the lip sync. And I also feel like there's stuff lost in translation when you do it through. And there, there probably still is through the subtitle. Yeah. Which I feel like that kind of was going on in Ninja Scroll a little bit. But Did you catch them saying jutsu, but them translating it differently, Josh? I don't even think we saw anything that said jutsu in there, did you? No, no, they were saying it in Japanese. Oh, were they? Yeah, so jutsu is a Japanese Uh, word, and this is the first time I've actually made the connection, because, like, obviously, Naruto, (laughs) this is, like, Naruto on steroids, but, like, when they're saying jutsu, I was like, what does jutsu mean? Like, I've, I've watched Naruto all the time, and they say it, and I've never Doing wondered. Like a spell or some shit, right? Well, it's it's kind of like that. It's like a special technique spell or like something like that that they use, that ninja use. Yeah. But yeah, they, no. Yeah, they, did you that's notice? Why you saw a lot of substitutes. Yeah. Yeah, the like, Naruto. I would assume. Where, what were they? When, what were they? What, when were they saying it? Whenever they were like disappearing. Well, they, they were, were substituting. They, no, so it was like he was talking to somebody or maybe it was the the government spy and he was talking about his technique or he was referencing his te- this government spy was re- referencing one of their techniques and he said jutsu and it's translated to like technique and i was like what the fuck but yeah no do you did you catch how heavily this influenced naruto oh yeah and probably the absolutely. inspiration of naruto yeah man dude yeah I mean, you said this was on stair. I mean, have you seen some of the episodes? Of well, I mean, okay. Crazy early fights, Naruto, like, it's it's like early Naruto on steroids. Sure. At least I mean, with the sexual component. Yes. Because I was like, bro, have you not seen the Gara and 
other person fight when they take off the waist. Uh, Rock Lee. Oh yeah, yeah dude, Rock that, Lee that was a badass Gaara. fight, dude. He's like yeah. opening up the Lotus Gates or whatever. <laughs> He's just yeah, fucking... like the, when he takes off the weights, that comes from Dragon Ball because Goku did that in the in the tournament where he took off his weighted clothes and he's like, oh, now I'm faster. And you're like, oh, shit, we shouldn't have done this. And Junior, I don't know if you're aware or have heard of Naruto before. Have you heard of Naruto before? Um, the only, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, my only reference is, isn't that how they were supposed to run at the uh, Area 51? Yeah, and, the Naruto yeah. run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's probably uh, my only point of reference. So so it's a... It's a it's a shonen anime, which is basically young boy protagonist anime, and it's set in a it, it, a weird weird universe because there's like computers and stuff, but they're in like a village and they're ninja. So like you don't know if it's the past or if it's like present day, but uh, they're all it's a ninja village that's tasked with protecting various different things, and it's following this young boy named Naruto who wants to become the Hakoge of the village, which is essentially like the fucking greatest ninja of the village and tasked with protecting them. And so it's his quest and it's a lot of just ninja fighting and using different techniques and exposition mm. about your techniques and shit like that. You know, lots of exposition, man. Lots. But it also breaks your heart sometimes. You're like, oh God. And that's why, and I know I mentioned recently, I'm like rereading the book of the five rings and there's a lot of exposition of like talking about how do you discipline and, and, and master the, the sword. But like you, you think, you know, I think part of me would think that, Oh, this would be boring. But like while, while I'm reading it and the second time I've read this, I'm going through this book for the second time I've read this book. It's not somehow like somehow it's, you know, and so like you're saying, like there's a lot of exposition, but like for some reason it works. I don't know why it works for me. Like I don't yeah. mind like hearing the exposition because the, Japanese seem to, those samurais seem to do a very, and ninjas, they seem to do a very good, like, and you, me growing up playing sports, they tried to do the same, but like, I felt like the Japanese culture with those sects of like the samurai and the samurai code and the ninjas, like, it's literally like they apply it to life. Like these, these are lessons that apply. Like if you can master this, like you can master life. So Josh, watching it this time around, because Josh mentioned, had, had you seen it any time since you were a kid either, Zach? Like, like what I watched it a few years ago. Okay, I think this time around, Josh, like it sounds like you hadn't watched since you were a kid. Like, what stood out more? What do you remember? Like, you you mentioned some of the things that were vivid to you as a kid. I mean, I mean the obvious things that stand out were you know. You know, the, the titties popping out and a, a rock demon sucking on them. And I'm like, yep, I definitely remember this. And it's not going away, going away anytime soon. But um, I don't think there's anything that really stood out to me this time around. Just because it's like, it was a pretty simple story, you know. It is a good movie. The animation's still pretty good. It's no Akira. Um because that's like the gold standard, you know, right? Right. And and that's what I was asking. Like, is like, is it, it has it was it more improved for you this time around, or like, what's it, you know? And it sounds like you basically said like, yeah, it's still a good show, but it's like nothing that stood out even more. Like, yeah, I mean, the fights are good, you know. I do. I did enjoy like, the fights. Those they they were. 
again, like growing up on Saturdays watching those, I thought I, you know, watching live action, I thought I had seen some like great fights, but you know, watching Ninja Scroll and seeing it animated, I'm like, God damn, why did I see this as a kid? I probably would have broke like, something because I would probably have gone out and tried to do something <laughs> stupid. But, <laughs> you you yeah, buy a sword. Yeah. And the reason I think I, the reason I think the reasons why I like the fights in this movie is that they were so quick. It's like the old samurai movies or just anything like that, where it's like the fights would ha- end in like within seconds, right? They would be holding still for God knows how long, and then they do their attack. It's like geez, 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 three hits, and you're like whoa what just happened you know it's a binary thing dude like it's like either your opponent's faster smarter or some combination of the two and you lose quickly but like if y'all are both evenly matched it's still gonna come out to luck so like it's just Mm -hmm. it's gonna happen quick and it probably did back in the day like when samurai were fighting each other like they're just like down yeah i mean in this uh this copy I have of this book that I'm reading that I mentioned earlier, somebody did an introduction and they were talking about some of the reported fights of this this individual, the the the, the uh, samurai that created the book of the five rings, and they were super short fights. Like this dude, like what they say. So the 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 reported legend is like he was gonna go fight this guy on an island, and he gets there late because he was out drinking the night before, and he just gets off the boat, doesn't even have a sword. I think it said he used the ore or something weird and defeated the guy, killed him like instantly, and then went back on the fucking boat, started drinking, and went back to the so he used he was. the actual rock, like an unrefined piece of iron, and beat the shit no, like that. No, 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 like ore. the the boat ore. Like, yeah, the boat ore. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. He just and he like demolished this guy, and this guy was like a super, like one of the main guys for one of the other schools of like swordsmanship or whatever. Like, and he just annihilated him quickly. And just went by on the boat, started drinking, he passed back. I mean, like well, you want to know what some of the problem was with samurai back in the day, and they represented it really well in the Ghost of Tsushima video game, is like they would fucking lose because they tried to fight honorably and with like a code all the time. And so it's like if you fight with any other type of technique, you're dishonorable and, you know, it was to a fault. So like the fucking Mongols in the game are invading and they're doing like a little underhanded techniques to fucking win and they would the samurai would rather die than adapt to the environment and fight and as you become the ghost of tsushima you're doing like guerrilla warfare which is essentially dishonorable fighting so i wonder if this guy was just like you're gonna fight with an or he's like yeah dude i'm fucking hit you in the balls crack your head open it's it's over bro like Well, and and he was like a type that he would go, he would go study, and he would like, he he basically was like letting him know like my style, this is it, and like he was always just challenging people to see could they defeat his style. So like if they fought him, they knew however he fought, they knew it, and they were trying to say that their style was better. And and these fuckers would fight to the death, dude. Like that's what's so crazy about like that kind of stuff. It's like. Hey man, they didn't have TV back then. Okay, like that's true. <laughs> very true. Very true. If they would have had TV, it would have been a lot less deaths going on for swordsmanship, right? Ten out of ten. Which is the same thing again. You see that in the Western and, and like how Western American Western civilization during the cowboys, like people would just gunfight each other, just to say, "Hey, I'm the better gunsman." Like it's just it's crazy how a lot of that. Think of how much more you get laid. You're like, I'm the great swordmaster or guns slinger of fucking timbuktu 
I fucking killed Johnny Blazing Guns really quick. And they're like, you did what? Redacted. Be like straight up, dude. Like that's how it was. <laughs> it's literally, it's literally uh, the fucking, the, the laws of the jungle, dude. The alpha fucking wins, dude. You get better mates. It's all fucking biology, dude. It's, it's insane how we're still just the fucking lion that walks over fucking dominates the old lion now we're big getting now, all now the you're the main dude. lion yeah yeah would you ever kill anybody in a sword fight josh oh, well if we're in a sword fight one of us is gonna have to die so <laughs> well you could run <laughs> yeah you can naruto well run you said away. it was a f- sword fight we both have swords there has to be some sort of reason we're fighting you know what if it's for the last bowl of ramen Oh, Josh would right, win. Like, let, Josh would dude, win. Like, I don't think I would kill someone over some ramen. But like, it's what, the last meal it's on the, the best tasting earth. bowl of ramen ever because you could have died for it, dude. Like that. Think about the food you eat after that. It's gonna taste better than any food in the world because your life was on the line for it. Because somebody wanted the last bowl of ramen, I was gonna kill him, bro. It, you're like, man. After you kill a person, you're like, it's kind of cold. What do you think about that perfect ending with Ginma, dude? Just fucking becoming like you think he's still alive down there, centuries later in gold. They just have to crack him out, and he'll regenerate. Probably, or they'll or they'll do it like in JoJo Battle Tendency, where it's like he's like the person's drifting out in space, so they he forgot all thought and essentially reached Nirvana. Just just floating there in space you know not a single thought but his, he would he was still alive you know mm. um when that all happened because again this was like when i'm like spacing out and i'm seeing it but i'm like i'm like what the fuck's going on and i'm like hey what is that on the ground i told john he's like that's the gold i'm like how did it melt from the fire like <laughs> he goes yeah i go is it it's basically like uh when moon and stars did that shit in game of thrones and gave uh fucking Khaleesi's brother the fucking the molten gold all over his head like, that's all I thought about when I saw that at the end I was like oh this is that okay homie homie was dipped in nacho cheese bro yeah, that's what that's what got Ginma too he just he hey that's what he wanted he wanted the gold he he, he died with it he he's buried at the end at the he bottom of the ocean he's a golden god dude yeah, yeah. he <laughs> <laughs> He said, get, get my money back. That's what he said. No, that's right. No, hello. That's pretty good. <laughs> so, hey, I guess there's a TV series. Have you seen that, Josh? Like, or there's a no, Ninja Scroll series. I've never, I, yeah, I never knew there was a series. I just knew about the movie. Came out 10 years after this movie. Hmm. 2003. Never watched how many, it. How many seasons of it? I have no idea. Let's, let's see. And isn't there like a Ninja Scroll 2 or Resurrection? I I remember when I was looking for this one, they were like, do not get the Resurrection one or something. So to your point, Ginma probably came back. It came back as a golden god. (laughs) For real. So the series does follow Jubei. Which Um, I would like that. That'd be interesting. Kind of like a... It's like got Kung Fu episodes. Man coming going through like town to town solving problems. Y'all ever watch uh, Josh? You ever watch Sha- uh, Samurai Shampoo, dude? That sounds familiar. You said Samurai Sh- uh, Shampoo or whatever yeah. you call it. 
That one's fucking sick. That's a good series. It's about two wandering fucking samurai who just run into. It's kind of like Cowboy Bebop with like the like offbeat jazzy fucking. It's good. Oh yeah. Okay, so there is a sequel called Ninja Scroll Resurrection. This is what you were talking about, Junior. So, Madhouse announced an official sequel is in the works. And in in July 2012, the studio released a teaser trailer titled Ninja Scroll Burst, intended to attract investors. In 2014, Madhouse CEO confirmed that the script had finished and tentatively titled it Ninja Scroll Kocho. And that production would move ahead as soon as financing had been secured. He divulged the studio was experiencing difficulty finding investors. And that the original film was not a big hit in Japan. So as of 2019, that project remains in limbo. And then in North America, the Ninja Scroll Resurrection original video animation, the OVA, was marketed as a sequel to Ninja Scroll, but was actually based on an unrelated story and created by a different animation studio. Mm. The only similarity is a lead character with the given name Jubei. (laughs) That's so fucked. (laughs) Fucking Troll 2 over here, bro. God damn it. Oh, it's not even Ninja Scroll Resurrection. It's Ninja Resurrection. Oh, My brain fucked with that. (laughs) That's crazy. Okay. But Jubei's in both. But it's not the same Jubei, probably. Exactly. (laughs) You can see that. Like, if you look at the the poster or the DVD poster for it, the cover art, it looks like they're trying to, like, obviously steal from the success. It's kind of like Troll 2. It's like the Troll 2 of fucking Ninja Scroll. But uh, any other thoughts on these movies or anime in general as we wrap Novanime? I think they're great movies. Um, uh, established the uh, the adult anime genre in the United States, made it popular. I think it's I think it's great. Very lucky to have yeah. watched these. Yeah, and, and I will say um, I started to watch another one of the Shinkai movies uh, yesterday. Um, a, the a place promised in our early days, and I haven't finished it, but I would just say it, it's. It's kind of in the vein, but a little different, and it's very interesting so far. So, like, I definitely have enjoyed like experiencing his work last week, and then obviously Akira was a masterpiece. So, I'm very excited, glad to finally know the Avon Galeon world and rebuild and all of that. So, that's it's been a good it's been a good month of anime and, and expanding my cinematic palette and experiences. So, thank you, gentlemen, for for this month of uh, anime. Appreciate it. Josh, any final thoughts? Uh, Open your horizons. Embrace Japanese cinema, including the anime, and you won't be disappointed. So before we let you go, listeners, we're we're kicking in. Obviously, Christmas and New Year's is upon us. Thanksgiving has just passed. And you know what? We're doing a little holiday, but we're not going with the traditional route so just be warned we're doing some alternative holiday movies and next week we'll kick it off with a couple movies i curated one i've seen one i haven't so it's uh, guillermo de toro's chronos um it's going to be one movie and the other movie is and i believe it's an italian movie called the day of the beast which um it's going to be interesting 
Let's just let's just say that. It'll definitely be interesting, I think. So well, until next week. Arigato. Arigato. Arigato.